Good people of Los Angeles, welcome back to another episode of the FCFC podcast. Tonight, returning from Copenhagen, it's Dr. Midnight himself, Ryan R.C. Wallison, Wally, Wally's world. You're going to get up in his world. You're going to hear some love stories. You're going to hear some travel stories, some food stories. You want to hear about Danish pancakes? We got it. You want to hear about the Euros? We got it. You want to hear about some recommendations having to do with Carmelo Anthony? We got those too. Wally's coming with the heat. Josh Bice might have left early, but stay for the fun, boys. Slam hit him with the warning. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all at home because we're back remote because Wally's still on the East Coast. And I don't know what background noises there are. You probably hear Kobe a couple of times. Same profanity. So if you're at work or around children where you shouldn't be listening to profanity, this is probably a good time to stop listening. Take, we, also, take, we, also, take. we also we also got a season pass big announcement. Season pass big announcement. Boo, 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 boo. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to drop the swear word, Slim. Penis. I don't know. There you go. FCFC. Welcome to the FCFC pod, where two scholars and a dickhead look at the world through a black and gold tinted lens. It's your favorite Korean fat boy. It's Slim. And we are coming to you live from the interwebs again in a remote pod. So sitting in the screen under me is the spicy one, the sexy one, Josh Spice. What up, what up? And to my left is the bearded one, the pleated one, the dweez. Swinging on the stool, boys. Swinging on the stool. I, I can already tell that Dweez is in like a goofy mood today, so we'll see how this this pod's gonna go. And we have a very special returning guest coming to us all the way from Jersey, Doctor Midnight, aka what are some of his other nicknames, Dweez? Wally, Wally. aka <laughs> Ryan, your favorite baseball podcast editor. New York Yankees, New York Knicks, bunch of other teams that I don't know about in the tri-state area. Mixtape. <laughs> Mixtape. Your trapper's back. favorite rapper, your rapper's favorite trapper is, is oh, Archie Wallison. Renaissance, man. Yo. Renaissance, man. Gentlemen. How does it feel to be back on the FCFC pod now that your feet are back on the USA soil? I missed you guys, man. It feels great. It feels absolutely great. Um, especially now that I can put together, uh, put to bed some of the rumors on why I missed the last pod. Put to um, bed those rumors. <laughs> put them to bed. Hey, you're, hey, we know the rumors it, had to do with the bed. Huh? Yeah, you put it all the way to bed. I know what you're going to say, Slim. Come on, baby. 
Don't ever cut off my jokes again, Dweez. I was going to say. Moment to shine. God damn it. <laughs> you took it from him. That was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the words of the, the late great Bernie Mac, he was given Europe the dick. That's why he was down there before. I know it. I know it, RC. Let's go. Y'all are terrible, but not inaccurate. I mean, I, I, I did what I did. I, I shared the photo. Uh, it probably my most viewed and most interacted with into Instagram story of all time, which I find hilarious. Um, but yeah, you know, it, 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 I definitely... wait, hold on. That's, that's back. Let's back that up. In the moment where you took this photo, this alleged photo, do you want to sort of walk us through what was going through your mind and whether uh, you expected such a hearty response from your, you know, your followers and friends? What do you mean? All he over looked up. He took the photo and he was like, "Yeah, I did that." so it was at the beginning of the day not the end so she was completely dressed in that silhouette she was just wearing a dress that you know hugs the curve so to speak but um we were on our way to dinner uh leaving a hotel room and the sun just came into the room in the perfect way when i opened the blinds and there was a mirror on the bathroom door which was opened in a way that caught like it all happened at once without the camera on and then i was just like this is this is a cool moment i'm gonna i'm gonna capture it because you know that's just the that was the mindset i was in right i will say that it was definitely quality over quantity like it wasn't i wasn't slang and (laughs) everywhere i didn't meet somebody that i hung out with for most of the time i was there um her name is katarina and that is the identity Come on, baby. Come that's, on the pod, Katarina. Okay. Get her on the pod. So that is the identity of the mystery silhouette. And Grease uh, Lightning. Yeah, you know, that, that was a good night. <laughs> I think that was, yeah, that was a, a roof, roof, rooftop restaurant and bottles of wine on the balcony. Good, good times, good times. Europe was that's fun, how, man. That's how we got to be living, baby. I love that. You say rooftop restaurants. Little hotel bar lobby action. That's the the European life that I think you've always deserved, Brad. You know, I think we all deserve it, Spice. I mean, Dweez is the one that's the most initiated. My man was he was giving me pointers for Istanbul, but I missed out on all of them because you know, tra- traveling not solo is an art, and it's one that I'm not very well versed in. <laughs> let's let's uh, we can chalk saying, that up to that. Are you saying you did not? drink carrot juice i know that i did do that wasn't that i did do wasn't it, wasn't it was it incredible it was about the carrot i'm telling y'all carrot juice in istanbul because i'm not a coffee guy so like the turkish coffee is like the bee's knees and like the first thing that everyone wants to do when you land in istanbul and it was completely lost on me i tried it you know it's coffee what, what are you gonna do um all right, Ryan, we're gonna- the carrot juice was at the same spot at this, as the Turkish coffee. So I was able to, and I'd remembered you suggesting it. So I was able to try it there. And yes, delicious. I had it multiple times more. But uh, yeah, I'm glad actually you asked me that specifically so that I was able to say yes. Because if it was anything else, I probably would have said no. What, like watching Diego Rossi play for Fenerbahce? Exactly, exactly. Although they did get shut out in the game I'd have gone to. So I'd have been very disappointed if I traveled two hours round trip, paid for the ticket and watched a football game just to yell at Rossi 
to not score a goal. That that have been sad. That have been a sad song for me to sing. Well, well, Wally, we uh, we're gonna do a little remix of our normal questions, considering you've been on the pod like six hundred times, and you're basically you are pod family here. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna ask you this one: What we realize, you know, you're just returning from this trip to Europe, but what is your golden European memory from this trip? Hmm. Yeah, no, just uh, keep it trip-centric, and I'll be able to give you some new content. Although, yeah, I do pretty much live on this pod. I keep a pillow at, at the I keep a pillow at the FCFC household, so to speak. But let's see. Um, golden moment from this trip. I'm gonna go with. All right, I'm going to go with my trip to Lisbon, uh, the four days I did in Portugal, basically my last days of summer, because the last day I was there, I went to the beach and it was very nice out and I haven't experienced a day that nice since and probably won't until next season. Um, But Lisbon was really cool uh, for a couple of reasons. In 2019, I was supposed to go to Lisbon. And uh, I wasn't able to make it my first time in Europe. I did five weeks and I did like a similar to this trip, but on a smaller scale. And I wasn't able to make it out there. I canceled connecting flight in France. Um, I got sent back to Copenhagen instead of farther south. And so that bugs me the entire time between uh, 2019 and 2021. So being able to go, being able to do the things that I wanted to do, I had a lot of fun in Lisbon. Uh, Pink Street, shout out to Pink Street. If you ever go to Lisbon, definitely hit up Pink Street. It's fun as hell. That, um, sound, that sounds like a suspicious street. Do you care to it, elaborate on what happened on your so, experience? So Pink Street is a, uh, it's like nestled um, in the downtown area, in downtown area, in the city center area. It's not long. It's like literally like in a New York City block, not even an avenue. Um, the street that you walk on is predictably, uh, painted pink. There's like the balloon style, uh, Japanese lanterns, uh, lining, um, half of the street. And then the other half has like umbrellas, like open and suspended so that when you look up, you're looking through them, uh, into the streetlights above mad bars and pubs and restaurants. It's like. I think one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much is just because it was one of the first masses of humanity that I experienced um, on the trip because I haven't done, I I didn't do a whole lot like large crowd wise. Um, Denmark is one of these countries that, you know, that most of the country percentage wise is vaccinated. So they've begun to let their guard down. I actually was there the day that, I went out the Friday that they lifted all ordinances and like returned to pre COVID uh, social standards and protocols. And like everybody was out and super happy. And, you know, like two weeks later I came back to the States and the numbers are just like running amok in the wrong direction. So it's just like a, a jarring transition, but being able to like enjoy myself in the crowd and like really feel that electricity that was that was a really dope moment. And then I, I stayed in Alfama, the historic district, 
which you can walk to the city center from, which I did multiple times. Um, there was a tram right outside my apartment, the famous one, the, the 28, I think it is. And it was just, it, it was just a great time. Um, it was exactly the type of trip that I've missed taking throughout the pandemic. I was feeling super stir crazy before I left. And, you know, that, that's what the trip was for, just to try to get back into, get back into the flow of, of normalcy. But also with all of my jobs remote so that I can like do them from anywhere with a Wi-Fi connection, which is a very unique circumstance that I'm sure isn't going to last. But to be able to take this trip, not miss a day of work and be able to, you know, do, do, do the gallivanting that I did, that, that, was, that was a good time. Though I will say Amsterdam is a close second exactly opposite the reason because when i went in 2019 the city was packed with people because it's such a tourist destination but here in 2021 the tourist the tourism industry has actually taken a massive hit but people in amsterdam love it because they feel like they got their city back and it's way less crowded and the people there are mostly dutch for a change which was definitely not the case when i was there in 19 so that that dichotomy and the dynamic was very cool to experience so I'll put that up as well. And uh, I hadn't smoked good weed in months before I got to Amsterdam. So it was nice to break that fast. <laughs> yeah, what was, your, what was your bug diet out there in Europe? And is it, is it as, as scarce and, and whack as, as, as you think? So here's the thing, right? Copenhagen has this dope place called Kristania, uh, the free town. And it's in like the southeast part of the city um, in a fairly popular part. But like it's, e it's easy to get to. It's, it's two minute walk off the off the Christian Avon train station, metro station. Trains and metros are different. Um, and when you go in there, they, they, there's, there's this part of it called Pusher Street. And on Pusher Street, you can get your hash, you can get. Yeah, we you can get whatever you're looking for. They got guys there on boots, like you know, it's the it's similar to how it is anywhere in the world. Like you know, you make eye contact, you throw your head up, they kind of you sleuth over to them, they ask you what you're looking for, and blah blah blah. Prices aren't great, and here's the thing: neither is the product. Like the hash is better than the weed. The weed is not good. Like it is what it is. The weed is nids. Uh, low grade. There, there's no way to like feel good about your purchase, especially if you're coming off four years in California. Like, full stop. The hash, the hash is that's like what their main thing is. So that's what, what they really care about. You can find decent hash out there at Cristania. And what they do, and I'm not a cigarette smoker. And like, I, I did this for a couple of months because it was, you know, what the what the romans do in rome so to speak but like it, it, it will like i'm not going to do it while i'm here while i have access to good weed but you take the hash and you take a cigarette you toast the cigarette and the danes will tell you that you're toasting the nicotine out of the cigarette i don't think that's true but that's what they like to tell themselves so you toast up that cig you get it nice and not burnt but crispy right and then you open its innards out onto a wait, plate. Wait, wait, before uh, I thought you were using like a slang term. You talked about you actually toast it in a toaster. 
No, no. Um, so you can use the lighter and just kind of like rapidly oh, move you, the oh, flame. Okay. okay. See, like, see, hey, I'm not a smoker over here. I'm asking for all those no, non-smokers in my area. I thought he's like putting all these fucking t- bones in the toaster. Bones in the toaster. I see Slim yeah. laughing his ass off. Let me have it, Slim. Let me have it. Please, nobody put your cigarettes in a toaster office. Like, don't come hitting up FCFC like, yo, our dub told me to put my cigarettes in a toaster, and, like, now my house is burnt down. Like, yeah, this ain't the number for that. Make good decisions. Don't don't put your cigarettes in toasters, guys. Don't do that. So... The man take the toasted lo- a little bit. The man's you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Would, and, this like, is, and, and this is why we explain. Thank you for asking for the explainer. I'm happy to do it. I, but, and also, I, by the way, in my house, we have a toaster that like you kind of it's like a toaster oven. So I could see like, you know, them going on there. I, I hadn't actually pictured them going into the toaster like vertically. You're making it worse. You're making it worse. Yeah, yeah you are making it worse. <laughs> I just stay quiet. I'm here to make it worse. I don't know what's going on either, but I just stay quiet. Don't try to be cool, guy. Routine, Josh. Don't try to be cool, guy. All right. So you toast the cigarettes, you empty out the innards, and then and then and then you take the hash. You take like a little circle of hash. You... Wait, what do you do? What do you do with the innards? You you, you 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 empty them out of the cigarette. You put them on a flat surface, call it like a a, a saucer, a plate. Okay. And then you take like a little chunk of hash. You put it on the edge of something skinny and sharp, like a toothpick. And you uh, take the same lighter and you heat the hash so that you're making it soft. And once it's uh, once it's soft enough and malleable and it's falling off the tip, you drop it onto the tobacco and then you massage it in, right? You just massage it together. And now you've created this mixture of tobacco and hash that you can either roll up and you know that to high, or you can smoke it in a bong. Can we talk? Um, can we talk a little bit about what hash actually is, real quick? I mean, in my view, in my limited view and understanding of the the world of marijuana and hash, it's a resin, a marijuana resin of some kind. Correct. What Correct. is it mix? What is it mixed with? Is it just? Is it pure? Or could they fucking mix that shit with any old other substance to dilute it and make it less pure? I mean, I can't make the shit, but I'm pretty sure that it's most the like the dominant ingredient is just that THC resin. Who's asking um, these questions? Uh, we got to start asking more questions of our of our hash makers. Am I right, boys? Well, I mean, the same, the same questions we ask of our bud tenders, right? You know, it's, we, we keep it on a level. But basically, that is what I was out there toking. And I wasn't doing it very often because, like, at the end of the day, it's not what I want. But it beats nothing at all. You know, just like a little chill. It, it's a, it doesn't last. So either you're going to find yourself doing it all day or you're just going to be like, all right, time in a place type deal. But that was me for like two months, 10 weeks. And then I get to Amsterdam and I just walk into a cafe and I'm just like, oh, I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how I'm going to do when I get back to California. When's, when's that going to be? You know, I wanted to come for the Portland uh, Galaxy two games in five days, like go to the Portland match and then watch the galaxy match. But I had to do fucking jury duty. So I couldn't. Uh, that's such a shitty reason for not being able to go. It is. And I was pissed when I got it. <laughs> and it's so I, jury duty is fucking terrible. Civic duty. My ass, man. Are you sure it was I, jury duty? I sure. It just wasn't Jersey duty. Am I right? Spice? 
right, dude. What kind of tea are you drinking today? What the fuck's going on? This is like the opposite of dark dweez, but I'm not sure if it's better. Yeah. Well, my worst of dark dweez. So we we haven't. I feel like we haven't recorded a virtual pod since, like, we couldn't do a in person pod. So it's just weird to be back in the confines of our digital screens. Yeah, it's it's getting too cold these days, man. <laughs> and yesterday's wind was crazy, huh? So what is too cold for you, Native Angelinos? Like 71? No. Nah, 72? Like, like the mid-50s. <laughs> nah, I'm joking with you. It's it's that no, bro, season. It's that it time cold, of year, right? Bro. It was so cold. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Spice is hell hell no, bro. It's okay. Put the heater on in the car, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I go out to defrost the windows, man. I got the remote start. Unapologetic, man. Live that life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm used to the comfortable things. So food-wise in, in Denmark and, and, and all that, like what were some of uh, your highlight meals out there, sir? You're getting, getting into the, the restaurant bag, the foodie bag. No doubt. Uh, well, the best meal that I had was definitely um, at this steakhouse uh, right off of the Nuhan. Um, the you know what? I'm, what I'm, uh, English speakers or Americans would know is the Nye Haven, but Danes will literally murder you with their eyes if you pronounce it like that. Um, Wait, hit us with the, hit us with hit us with the difference again. It's Nye Haven and Duhan. Nuhan. Nuhan. And then, and then, if it's spelled Nye, out in Nye, Nye Haven, <laughs> but we, but in in Danish we said Nuhan, 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 Nuhan. There you go. Yeah, I'm over here chilling up in Nuhan. Did you did you watch uh, another round at all in this mm. process? I just want to no. know if the if the Danish party experiences anything like that movie, which. I did not, but it wasn't. It I, I think it was muted somewhat at the beginning, just because of the ordinances. But it definitely picked up toward the end. Like like I said, that night, the craziest night out that I had was definitely the night of the lifted ordinances. But returning, wait, returning back to the new Han and your eating experience at the steakhouse. Yeah, Fuego, dope spot. Um, the owner is a friend of my cousin, so she sent me over there. Um, I did this. Uh, I took cat. So name, name drop again. Um, I had emp- empanadas for my appetizer. This really, really, really dope cut of, uh, of beef. I forget what it was called. The Lomo. I forget. Um, the steakhouse itself is Argentinian. And then I had, a. Uh, tiramisu for dessert and each course came with a different uh red wine delicious that was that was really really good like i remember just walking around the city center just like trying to like not go home feeling like a fat tub of lard (laughs) but definitely definitely the best meal that i had this summer um just like and I, i had more than one steak but that was the best steak that i've had in a while um, and the wines were like re- went really well. Like you could tell that they put time and effort into like, does this taste good with this, or should we do a different one? And I don't eat at places like that very often. I did a few times this summer, but that was my favorite one. Outside of that, man, it was a lot of hot dogs, a lot of 
crappy pizza. Like, you know, I kept it pretty low key. Yo, Danes Mm. love hot dogs, man. Danes love hot dogs. They do it their own special way with like fried onions and bacon wrap and, you know, which obviously we Angelinos are, are familiar with. But, um, what else? What else? What else? They have this like weird custardy cream that I've already forgotten the name of that they eat their fries with. They basically only give ketchup to children and look at and see you as a child if you ask for it. Wow. Which I learned pretty late in the game, but you know, unapologetic American baby over here. Give me my goddamn ketchup when you give me my French fries. Still ketchup king. Fuck oh. all y'all. You know what? We, we, we must live our truths, Len. You know this. And that stuff doesn't, it doesn't, I didn't like it with the fries, but I did like it on the hot dogs. And the bread that they use, it's way smaller than the American hot dog bun. Either you have one that you can like put the hot dog into the bun in a very, very suggestive manner that I don't think would catch on on the American mainstream because we're immature perverts as a society. Fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the other option was a piece of bread so small that it kind of just like went on the side of the actual dog. And like you would just pick the dog up, take a bite, and then take a bite of bread if you want like the bread while you're chewing. But like it couldn't fit. It, it It's weird. It's weird. Dan, Dan, Dan's and their hot dogs is like a very specific and popular thing. Like there's a hot dog cart at the airport. So like as soon as you land, you can like not play games, fuck around, get your Carlsberg and your Danish dog before you leave the terminals. It's great. What what do they call them? Hot dogs. They, really? There's no like cool <laughs> yeah. there's no cool there's no cool Danish version? There's no cool Danish not, name? Not not to my knowledge. I mean Nah, they, they they call them Frankfurters and they call them hot dogs. I think all, all of those terms are adopted. If there is a Danish term for hot dogs, I didn't learn it. Damn, son. So you had this Argentine steakhouse. You had your Lomo. You had your empanadas. You were eating dogs. You were throwing down those those pizzas when you had a chance. Did you try anything that like you had never tried before? Any any new left turns at a out of nowhere Danish specialties that you can introduce are. Yeah. Yeah. A few. Um, so Danish pancakes are not like American pancakes. They are thin and light and there's no syrup involved. Like at least not conventionally. Like I was eating it with syrup occasionally, but like my niece and nephew weren't, they would, they, they would do cinnamon. Like they would take cinnamon and sprinkle it on the thing and then roll it up and like a sleeping bag, really. And then like you can just pick it up and it's like a soggy churro, but in a good way. And then you're just like yamming. But if that's their pancake and at first I was like, wait, that's not a pancake. But then I'm like, yeah, you know what? It kind of is this. I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just that, you know, you don't need to be fat asses about everything like we do um usa yeah. usa <laughs> usa usa <laughs> so Ryan, oh, how, much, how much family do you have out there um so i have my cousin who my my father's older brother's eldest daughter her name is uh, yeah her name's heather um she went to school she so she went to her undergrad at Georgetown. But then after that, she did her master's 
uh, out in Copenhagen. And then she came back and then she went and she was realized like stateside ain't it. And then she went back. And I think at this point it's going to be like, she's like three years away from 20 years, like in Copenhagen. Um, you know, she's, she's married to a Dane. His name's Karsten. He's dope. They got two kids. Malness is nine and Angie, Angela is six. And that was like the best part of, um, like the, the best part of Copenhagen. Like I know I, I mentioned my golden moment is the trips, but the best part of being in the city itself is just spending so much time with the fam, you know, um, the house is in Drauer, which is about half an hour South of the city center um via bus but the cool thing is that the bus runs like straight um to central station uh so i learned my way around the city pretty quick on the buses trains and metros um but the summer the kids were off you know the being that they live as south as south goes uh they're right on the beach uh so there's there's like these wooden planks of all these different varieties for people to like chill on and jump off of. And the water's right there. Then there's just a regular beach with sand and tide. Um, I spent a lot of time on the beach this summer. I remember being surprised that there was as much beachfront as there was, but it actually like my surprise, my confusion and my surprise was ridiculous because it's an Island. Oh, fun fact. Copenhagen is not on mainland. Um, Den- uh, Denmark. Uh, it's on, I want to get this right. There's Jutland and there's Sealand. And I'm pretty sure that Sealand is an island that, and that is what um, Copenhagen, that's the, where Copenhagen is. But Jutland, which is like the main landmass that people think of when they think of Denmark. Uh, yeah, not where I was. Took me some time to figure that out too. We're giving you geography lessons, y'all. Straight we're, out up. Here, we're out here giving geography lessons. I think we're gonna dive in with Ryan to the Euros and his and this and the sporting events that took place in his in his time while he was there. Uh, after we take our first break. Break Welcome back to FCFC Pod. This is a rebrief, a debrief with our with our good friend Dr. Midnight, RC Wallison, Ryan Wally in the house in Jersey right now. And we're here to talk a little bit about Euro 2020 and the year 2021. We're talking about it's coming Rome. We're talking about the Le Bleu being knocked out early. We're talking about um the the English national team being as, as obnoxious as I've ever seen them and uh, want to hear about what the hell it was like to be on the European continent while all this, the first, the, the first ever multi-country Euros is going on. All right. So this is a really fun story to tell because like the first, like the Euros intertwined so hard with my first days uh, in country. So first of all, my first mistake is that I left a week later than I should have because I missed the group stage and I wasn't able to, you know, I wasn't able to attend any of the games, but I'd watched all of them. 
So, you know, I watched Erickson uh, go down in the first game. I watched them lose the hard-fought 2-1 effort to, to Belgium in the second game. And I'm boarding my flight as they're just putting the finishing touches on beating the crap out of Russia to make it into the into the groups, into the knockout, into the knockout. And, you know, they do it with three points and goal differential and nobody expects anything of them. And I get here and I think the first I get there out here, the first one that they faced, it was Wales, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I think Wales was the first one they, they played. And, you know, I remember watching that game with my family and saying, I'm glad I, you know, I get to watch one with you guys. I'm glad that, you know, they made it. And, you know, we don't really expect much. They win. And then all of a sudden, you know, the da- the Danish football history starts coming out um, just in random conversations with Danes all over the city. And Danes will try to tell you that it's hard to start a conversation with a stranger in Copenhagen, but it wasn't during that run. Uh, pretty much all you had to do is be like, so... Boys look good, huh? And the whole city was going to react to that. Um, I learned a bunch about 92, like how they barely made it in that time and how they ended up winning. And people were ready to draw the correlations. So hold on. I, I... Wally's getting so excited about his story about Denmark that he's briefly froze on our screens right now. But yeah, just to catch our listeners up to speed. Denmark beat Wales 4-0 that first game, and then they played Czech Republic. And I think that was the first, those those are the first two games while he was in there for. Let's see if he pops back in here in a second. But uh, yeah, they did win in, um, they won in 92. And I feel like there was like a, a strange reason that they made it. Like they made it by, like their qualification wasn't normal or something. I could be totally off on that, but it was very like random when they ended up winning the tournament. So England has never won a Euros, but Denmark has won a Euros. That's sick. Um, yeah. So they, they do have a rich, a rich footballing history. I played with a bunch of Danes when I was out in China. So I, I, I learned a little bit okay. about the Danish football, but now Wally's back. Wally's back. He's back in. Continue All your right. tale. Continue. So what's the last thing you heard? I don't, I, don't, I have no idea why I dropped out. We were talking about that that after that game against Wales and the Danes being very friendly and the history starting to come out and you learning about it. Okay, so basically that's the vibe of the city, you know, after the Wales game. And after they beat the Czech Republic, you know, people are having ideas because the Titans and this thing are falling left and right, right? There were upsets everywhere. Uh, Netherlands getting taken out by the Czech Republic, who then lost to Denmark. Germany getting taken out by England. Um, uh, who'd France lose to? Sweden. No, no, no. Switzerland. Switzerland, right. Yeah, just chaos. Just unmitigated chaos all over the knockout stage. And it it looks like it's falling right. Like, you know it's going to be either Italy or Belgium, but that's in the final, so you're not worried about that. You just want to get there. And when it's England instead of Germany, I mean, come on. It's fucking England. <laughs> like, yeah, it was in England, but, like, no one's scared of England. <laughs> like, they're, they're scared of themselves. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
we so we get to this game, right? And you know, I'm watching this one in Drauer uh, at the Drauer Fort. There's like a hundred people there. They're giving out. I think I had I had to pay, but there were two free beers, and then there was more beer I could buy. Like people were pumped because they smelled the final, and you know, rightly so. And the way that the game goes, I'm just begging for penalties because I hate penalties, but I hate England more. And if England loses in penalties, then penalties are all right with me. And I knew that in front of their own fans, home field advantage was going to turn into a snake pit faster than you could say, blow me. And that's exactly what happened to them in the final <laughs> against Italy. And it sucks because I hate that the ones who missed, missed, because obviously the backlash was what it was. And I'm rooting for everybody black, but... That shit was so fucking obvious. Like, it was always crystal clear to me that they were not going to be able to... Like, the mental... They didn't have the mental fortitude to survive a shootout once the first player missed because their fans turn on them on the drop of a dime. So, like, they turned into the away team at the pivotal moment in their own stadium. And that's the thing about English fans. Like, because before the game, you know, the, 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 their chests are out and they're bullish but like the moment the possibility of defeat seeps in like all their loyalty just like evaporates it's weird man (laughs) evaporating loyalty but the danes you know the penalty the 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 penalty that they called that they gave uh england to win uh in extra time wasn't a penalty first of all that was an awful call uh so that was bullshit um, they'd have lost in penalties to Denmark if it got there, which it should have. Denmark was the better team with the better story, and no one cared about England winning in England because fuck England. Uh, respectfully. But yeah, I, I, I'm all right with Italy winning. Uh, you know, they, 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 everybody, they were the world's team in that final. Everybody wanted them to win. Nobody wanted England to win. Nobody I knew, I mean, obviously I was in Denmark, so they all felt hard done, but I didn't speak to a single person. I was like, oh, yeah, if England wins, we lost to the champions. Like, there was none of that. <laughs> so that was uh, – but that was, like, my first two, three weeks in the city, and it connected me to it in such a really cool way. And just to be able to – we spent the rest of the summer talking about it. And, yeah, man, I'll uh, – they say that it's, it's the third – it'll be the third most celebrated run after 92 and 2004. So, you know, I'm cool with that. That's a cool piece of history to be a part of. I'm glad I was there for it. And then by the time the league start up again, you were obviously there. So did you get a chance to go to any other any other games, any other foot, football I, while you were out there? I didn't. I watched a bunch, but I didn't get a chance. So Denmark played two World Cup qualifiers. But when I tell you that the football fever in this country picked up and never fell down, I tried to get a a jersey when I landed. They were sold out in the country until mid-September. There was nowhere I could go that was going to sell me a jersey. They were gone. So that's at at all of them. There were all of the all of the men's Danish national team jerseys. Wow! You you could get kids' jerseys. And you could get women's jerseys of a certain size, which the the, the like men's medium and and gone, just gone, man. I, I got a scarf for my effort. Um, and the tickets were the same way. 
like they, they um, gave, um, you know, advantage to people who had like season tickets for FC Copenhagen for the parking games. Um, and they all took advantage. It was really hard to get and nobody was selling them really. Um, you had to like get onto a list and hopefully like get it within the, you know, the, when when there's like a countdown on it and you have to get it within a certain time or like you're, you lose your place in line type shit um my cousin's husband was friend with, with a season ticket holder but uh we talked about getting together and going but it never uh materialized because he has a difficult work schedule the one game that i regret really regret not finding a way to get to was uh what was the game it was the game of the Game of the Euros, Croatia versus Spain, round of 16 at the pocket, 5-3. Um, I think that we could have gone to that if, if we, me and my cousin, I found out that like while the game was on that her favorite player is Rakitic. And I was like, oh, sh- shit, well, we could have done this. And then it turned out to be the game that it was. Uh, so that I regret the rest. You know, I, I just chalk up to the, the fever of the country and I'm not going to knock them for it. Um, you know, enjoy because it's really cool to see. To see you, you don't think of Denmark when you think of like the big, proud footballing nations, but they we should because they're definitely one of them. Like football is definitely the number one sport in that country. And it's not. close. They're, they're like the Uruguay of Europe. Like they're they're smaller People kind of forget about them, but they're a powerhouse in their own way, you know. And they have and they have a rich history. Exactly. So, what do you what do you think the 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 kind of hatred or malaise around the English winning? Where does that come from? Where does that stem from? And do you feel like that's kind of universal across other European countries? I mean, yeah, they're just well. I mean, obviously in in Denmark after being eliminated by England, there's just a certain amount of like, I want them to lose too. That yeah. ruled the day. That, that's especially the way the game went. Like, again, that, not a penalty. Um, but in general, I, I mean, the English are like the, they're, they're like the Dallas Cowboys of, of international football, right? Like, they had success at one point, and no one can deny that. And they're normally pretty good and put themselves in situations where they could have further success, enough so that, like, their fans have, like, enough enough hope to fill their chest when they're doing well, right? And then it's like, yeah, well, yeah. of course England's winning. But when, Is there an arrogance there, you feel like? I, I mean, yeah, and, 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 and it's really unlikable. Like, I don't feel like... Like, wh- like, what team, what, what country in the world, you know, no, what country in Europe is more brazenly confident about their team about than the English? Uh-huh. Like, no, even, even, even if it's like the Germans don't beat their chests as much as the English do, and they could if they wanted to because they win way more. Same for France. I mean, Belgium is better but they haven't won yet so you know that's its own thing but i haven't seen england win anything ever <laughs> so you know it, it's just it's not too I, I would say like the brazilians in the world maybe but 
they win a lot and often. <laughs> so yeah, and re- and recently. Wait, so, let me. I just find, that, just... I just find that interesting because like we all have English lovers. Like Dweez, you have a you have a very significant English lover in what the Arsenal, right? Oh, um, oh but he doesn't like the Three Lions though. No, but no. also yeah. like, me, I recognize the most players on the English national team than I do out of any other international team because of the prep, right, and my support of it. But do you feel like that kind of stops when it gets to international again, Luis? Yeah, but for one second, hold on, I need to correct the record because the Dallas Cowboys won like a lot of things, didn't they? At some point, but England won one thing one time, and that was a long time ago, and it was the only time that they hosted, and they probably shouldn't have won that tournament, and. 66 66 never again that type of thing let me just real quick greece denmark netherlands portugal czech republic russia have all won the euros once france and italy have both won it twice and spain and germany have won it three times so england have never they've been to one final that's it belgium's been to that many finals serbia has been to two finals so (laughs) It's not, they're not even as successful as like you think that they are. That's like the kind of. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I've never seen yeah. them win anything. But like, w- w- why but, is the phrase the English invented it and the Brazilians perfected it? Why is it's coming home a thing? Well, like, why does like, that, why do we even know what that is? Well, because, because of the delusion of the English. Well, and it's also like the history, right? Like, there is a history of the game being born in the British Isles and things like that. I'm no historian. I'm a scholar, but I'm no historian to like argue you know there's like all these records of similar games appearing in other parts of the world people kicking a thing around but you know and then there's also the way that they look down on the american uh football fan yeah like i definitely find that to be more of a thing in england than any other place that i've been most people are just like oh you like football dope right but i but i do think like this is one of those things about international football josh to answer your question that like Club football sort of always exists in a vacuum of like we're not gonna we're not gonna make this. I wouldn't say it always does, but club football seems to allow for like a Marvel universe effect. Like, like we can follow a league or or teams in like sort of this mm, other other world. And yes, they're tied to cities or parts of parts of cities or parts of countries, and that will inevitably have effect on the culture of the team, etc. But national teams, that is completely inseparable. Like, you are that country, you know, and you are standing, you are a stand-in for that country. And so it's impossible for, like, the political aspect of things and the cultural histories of things. I mean, you know, I, I bet you two would, like, not find it difficult to go to, like, say, a San Frecce, a Hiroshima game with us and, like, wear purple and you guys wouldn't have a problem. But if I was like, hey, let's go to a Japanese national team game and we'll, like, watch together, that'd be weird, right? Because it's, like, national games are different. It takes on a different significance. And when it comes to England, like, they – Brexit, bro. Like, they left left the European Union. Like, to to imagine that anyone in Europe would want England to win – the continental tournament after they had like more or less left a project that you know was near and dear to many europeans i mean that that there's like one recent example of why that animosity could exist um and then like the cultural parts of it that ryan mentioned like the the arrogance and uh things like that sure like i mean the u.s is fucking arrogant as hell as well but like i think that like 
for other Europeans, like when they think about England, I don't think it always conjures like this, you know, <laughs> this pleasant image. I mean, I think it's like for, for whatever reasons, you know, you can judge your reasons. Like they've seen themselves as apart and above Europe for a long time. Um, mm. And yes, and yes, the English channel and being, you know, an island might have something to do with that, but you don't hear that coming from other countries that are also isolated from that landmass. I mean, as Ryan mentioned, Copenhagen's like on a little island by itself. You know, you've got the Scandinavian countries away, but they don't like they don't like turn up their noses at the European project necessarily, right? So um, maybe I do there think is a that- parallel to um, the kind of the 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 way that American footy is even viewed, right? In just terms of Concacaf, we just saw the U.S. lose to Panama, and then all of North America kind of stood up and applauded because they liked seeing the U.S. fall. And there's something about the, maybe the politics of the region, but also, yeah, the similar arrogance that, and, the, and the pride that comes over with a not 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 too great of a winning streak, you know, not too great. I will of say, a, well, I will U.S. Say, been and, winning a lot though lately. Well, but the I will U.S. Say been winning this. trophies. The key difference, the one key difference, and uh, our listeners might hate me when I say this, uh, England and Mexico are a lot more similar than the U.S. and Mexico in in terms of like football history and like the cultural obsession with the sport in England. Like the difference is, uh, you know, people in England fucking love this game, right? Like mm-hmm. people love it, and they follow leagues all around the world, and they love the Premier League, and they follow their local teams. Like it is, it is real. Just like in Mexico, like people in Mexico fucking love this sport, and in a way, like both of these two countries should do way better than they do. Like Mexico should be a great a world footballing power and they're not and england should be a world footballing power and they're not and so they're every and you you see it in both of their medias to the treatment of the national teams on both it's like the any next player is going to become this golden boy and they're going to build him up just to tear him down and it's just like this vicious cycle of like (laughs) you know i would say that they're, they're more similar josh what you mentioned about like the political aspect is probably accurate um, but in footballing terms, I think that England and Mexico are a lot more alike than the United States. I mean, at the end of the day, like we all care about this sport, right? But like most Americans still don't care that much, right? And like we're not like mm. this isn't a central you know, a, a sport culture, much as we all wish it were here the way that it is in Mexico and England. It is the number one thing in both of those countries. Um, and then, right, yeah, right. like the the political fallout stuff. I think maybe it's maybe it's different. I mean, the United States and anything, you know, Olympic sports. I think the whole world sort of likes watching the U.S. lose at things. So <laughs> I don't know. It's specific to Concacaf, but I don't know. I, I, I personally, you know, there are players like you mentioned, Josh. Like we follow the Premier League. You want your players from Manchester United to do well. When I saw Bukayo Saka miss that penalty, as much as I wanted England not to win. Uh, my boy from Arsenal, like missing the last penalty, was 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 tough to watch. You know, like I really wanted Italy to win, like, and I still still want Italy to win, and I'm glad that they won. But um, for many for many reasons, but you know, I don't know. We're 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 over here on this side of the pond. None of us are Europeans, but it's interesting having gone to three three of those tournaments and hearing Ryan share his stories about you know, his, his European experience. And Josh, I know you wanted to go to that tournament. I mean, like shit before the pandemic, you were like gearing up to, to try to make it a, make it a summer trip with your mates. Right. Yeah, man. I just, I can't help but feel like, uh, this is a, a, a smack, smack dab of jealousy when I hear, uh, 
Ryan talk about it, man. I just, I, I don't, I haven't seen anything like Europe in the past. So um, being there for that amount of time and for, for, for footy, the great unifier, I think, um, yeah, I'm still looking forward to it, man. I, I can't wait to, to see some international footy with, with the FCFC guys. We just went from, uh, we just went to back-to-back days in the Hollywood Bowl for Dweez and, um, yeah, it was, like a, it was a fun thing where we had like an extracurricular event for FCFC and uh, we've had a, only a few of those before. And so now I'm like, open to, I'm like, what else can we do? And the obvious answer is like, we got to see footy somewhere else outside of the country. Well, we know the Vietnamese trip's coming. Well, hopefully all four of us will be able to make that one. Um, do we want to take one more break and then get back with, with Wally for some tea with Dweez and then keep it moving, boys? Sounds good. We are back. FCFC pod segment three. New Jersey Wallison in the building, aka Dr. Midnight in the building, aka our boy's back from Copenhagen. He's been sharing his tales of, of European love, of European delights, and European football. We've been loving it. We miss our, our man on the, on, the, on the buttons as well, the, the editor of the Season Pass pod, which I'll get into here in a second. But first, I wanted to just raise my glass to Wally, his, his adventures. Got, got a little tea in the cup tonight. Uh, it is a 10-year-old... Shung T from Bada Mountain, which I climbed with Pierce in 2012. Shout out to Pierce. We are in Yunnan province, losing our minds. He dropped all of our snacks into the river. <laughs> Typical Pierce fashion. But yeah, I uh, I just alluded to it now. Um, Wally, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna make the FCFC announcement right here. I think we're gonna drop the news. We're gonna drop the news for our listeners. Uh, this is a this is an FCFC exclusive. After much discussion and, and thinking, Ryan Wallerson and I have decided to hang up the Season Pass podcast. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Almost 100 episodes in, couple seasons in. Slim's doing the tear motion on the, on the screen right now. Ryan and I, along with our, our good friend and colleague, Josh Gross, who still, in my humble opinion, is the best uh, LAFC reporter uh, actively covering the team. We had a vision to give give people a 30-minute uh, window into what it was like to cover the team live and direct. We covered that 2019 season. We covered the 2020 season. And we covered most of this season, even when we had to do it across three time zones with our boy, Coach Pierce, Pierce Maher. But seeing how Ryan and I don't write actively about the team anymore, it became untenable to do our traditional deep dive into into the tactics, into the things going on. You know, we would – We'd spent a lot of time at practice. We spent a lot of time talking to the players and the coaches. And since he and I don't cover the team daily anymore, it just became too too hard for us to swing. So we, we loved every minute of it. I know there were some people we – always, we always get people who talk to me about FCFC, but honestly, there would also be people who come up to me and hit me with the season pass, and that's how I knew that they are the real heads. They'd be like, damn, season pass is fire. Like, I I'm even met a couple people who had no idea what FCFC was. They only knew season pass. So, nice. uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, to give that announcement. We're gonna Ryan and I are gonna do a 
do a final send-off episode with Pierce towards the end of the season, so look out for that. But that'll be the last season pass for the foreseeable. Who knows? It might might resurrect itself someday. But um, but Wally, do you wanna do you wanna say anything about the the experience with the SPP? Oh man, what is there to say? You know, I remember the idea. I think the first time we we really talked about. Oh. <laughs> Josh, edit that out. <laughs> I think the first time that we talked about it in earnest was at the uh, the West, the regular season finale of 2018, uh, that the battle for the Western Conference. I remember having the conversation with Josh and you watching that game there. You know, obviously a disappointing ending for LAFC, but um, yeah, that like that was the seed and it grew into something that was really dope. Uh, I work in audio production, so just the the mental reps of like that consistent editing was good for me. Um, young Dwee's hitting me with the instrumentals, you know the the beat that we've all come to know and love. Uh, dropping um oh Kobe, dropping the uh, the goals, the latest goals in, and like getting that edit and just like you know finding that fire and really meticulously finding like the right drop to start the dialogue so that you hear that good people of Los Angeles at the perfect time. Like, and then the content, man, back when we were going to practice like all the time and we were on first name basis with everyone and we would get like the longest interviews one-on-one Mark Anthony K Lee Wynn, Bob Bradley, like you with Carlos, like I know that was the LA mag thing, but we were able to use a lot of content from that for season pass. Like it just, it all worked really, really well. And, you know, I'm proud of the work that we did. I'm proud of the work that we put in. I'm proud of the episodes that we have. Like the fact that we have 2019 on audio, on audio is like, is legend because we can go back and listen. Like, you know, how many goals are they gonna score this week? I don't know, like five. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm I'm gonna enjoy that. In fact, you know, now that we've made it official, I think there there are FC FC episodes that I go back and I listen to just for the fuck of it. I'm definitely gonna go back and listen to some of those 2019 season pass pods and like just give myself that in-depth perspective on, uh, you know, how LAFC established that crazy goal differential because that, that, that was fun. Um, having the access and having the front row uh, seat to everything and then being able to, like, put that out to the people, hang out Christmas tree lane, same experience as you, Dweez, you know, t- just running into people who, like, get my attention because they recognize my voice. Like that's just <laughs> that's a crazy thing. Like I'm I'm just chilling and someone's like, yo, you're 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 Ryan Wallace, right? That season pass pies. Like, yo, what up? Yo, I love that shit. That that's why we do it, man. It's for the people. It was always for the people. Shout out to the people. And you know, FCFC family, like, I definitely gotta get back on it now that I'm relieved of the season pass duties. You know, I'm going to be bugging y'all to guest hosts. Like, I'm I'm a guest right now, but, you know, I got them questions, too. 
So, you know, we could talk about it, but he's got them. He's got them questions. He's always got them questions. I will say I'm like, always asking questions. I will say we try, you know, we set out to just there. There's there's a lot of opinion. You know, we all have opinions about what happens on the field. And it was cool to, like, be privy to to conversations that go a little bit beyond opinions. And we tried to keep it. We try to keep it condensed for people. So it was nice. 30 minute, 30 minute quick things. And, and we had a ball while we were doing it. But we just can't. We can't we can't do it without being reporters, basically. No, and, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even live in L.A. like right now. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's yeah. untenable. We could we couldn't when we started it and when it was at its peak, we couldn't be closer. Yeah. Like I re- remember. Oh, shout out so to much- Bob Carlson. Shout out to Bob Carlson. Remember when he came on that episode? He came to the yeah. performance <laughs> center with us. That was a lot of fun. Shout yep. out to like everyone who listened. I mean, Slim, I know you were listening. You were about to say yeah, that. And shout out to all the guest hosts because FCFs we we did the crossover. So shout out to oh, everyone yeah. who's we ever have Slim appeared and Josh on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so. mean, you guys definitely like achieved what you sought sought out to do. Like making being that inside voice. Like the people that are doing this pod are also the people annoying Bob after matches at the the post game interviews, and and you know it's those same voices and. You know, aside from knowing you guys, like it's cool to like be getting the information from someone that's like on the inside like that. Um, you know, especially when it was so new and all these amazing things were happening. And like you said, like you guys were able to like capture those moments through your words during that that year. So, yeah, man, uh, I'm gonna miss it. Thank you guys for for you know all those 30 minutes of fun throughout throughout the weeks. I think. We would be remiss, and, and this might be a strange time to to mention this, but we we also owe a a great deal to Bob Bradley specifically. Uh, I know I know people are kind of are kind of ready for him to move on in the club and stuff, but he what was always dope about him was he wanted the American football fan to have a little bit more nuanced understanding of of the game, you know. And you might disagree with his decisions. You might disagree with like how he goes about with his subs you might disagree with many things about him but in my experience with and ryan like he was always his dream was always just like let's have let's not just blame the person closest to the goal you know let's not just reward the person who scored the goal let's talk about the the nuances and the intricacies of this sport and you can get that in a lot of different voices nowadays but it's sometimes it's harder to find and um I think he he was a big help in the push to want to add like a little bit of nuance, a little bit of of extra things. So so shout out to Bob. We don't know if you ever listened to the pod, Bob, but uh, you know thanks for all the thanks for all the time you just took to chat up with Ryan and I because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and it was also a lot of time. Like it was a lot and that's of time. that's and that's what I mean. Like shout out to Bob Bradley, man, because you know he he he, he was the. He was the man in charge of something really special here for for a stretch of multiple years. And, you know, obviously the team is not where it wants to be right now. And we'll see what changes come in the offseason. But, you know, you, you'll never be able to take the time away from away from the man. And, you know, he lifted that supporter shield, the first trophy in LAFC history. And should there have been more, you know, damn, I wish they won the uh, li- lifted the cup in 2019 and damn do i wish they could have finished that Concacaf calf run like I, I i honestly i think if bob has one of those he's still at a bulletproof status right now even with the team where it is but 
you know, it happens the way it happened, but what a time. And I appreciate the man. I mean, he taught me so much about football, like those conversations. Yeah, for real. For real. Like, me me the, too. I mean, I've watched this sport. I've watched this sport my whole life. I've read analysis about this sport my whole life. I've gotten to write about this sport and I learned more from like, you know, those, those sit downs, all that extra time he took, the PR people would go away and like Bob would still be talking to us, you know, and it was, it was pretty dope to do that. Um, I will say by the way, that there are still a lot of LAFC pods that talk about what happens on the field. So go check them shits out. Shout out to the boys at, at, of heart of heart of heart of LAFC, the longest running and, and one of our favorites, Joe Zacker and the, and the crew over there that do their thing. Zach. Shout out to the shoulder and shoulder. I know they, they cover some, some on field, Shout out to the defenders. They do their on-field stuff. And I yep. think there's also there's Sin Filtero. There's there's the counter press. There's always there's always some LAFC podcast for you guys to get your on the field banter and opinions and things. So go check that shit out and still come over to FCFC for your culture. Just go just go find there. just go find Vince LaRosa. Just go find Oh yeah. Vince. Oh yeah. The the, yeah, the, the regular pod. Vince pods, it's still the going. MVP pod. That's or still it's, going. It's resurrected. It's resurrected. The boys, I think they're doing it out of 110 Studio now. So check that out if you were a season pass fan. And and like I said, look out for that final episode because we're going to do a wrap up one too. But um, make it yeah, an hour boys. long. Switch it up. The last time. We're do an hour. We'll we'll just do a t- four hour pod of just yeah, yeah. breaking maybe, down one goal. Maybe, maybe we'll bring. Hey, Ryan, let's we should bring everybody on. on. We should bring. Let's we hunt. should make. We should mob. We should do a mob pod. Ryan, let's unearth all of our rarest uh, LAFC interviews and uh, from players and coaches, and throw those in there too. The 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 uh, the exclusives, the unfit for, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll I don't know. We'll we'll figure out some cool shit. We'll figure out some cool shit to do for that episode. I'm um, down. We'll talk about it. All right, uh, boys. Let's move on to recommendations. I'm gonna I'm gonna start not w- with my recommendation first, but with Mr. Ryan or uh, Mr. Josh Spice's recommendation. As you guys can tell. Josh Spice isn't in the building anymore because he had to run off. Probably to dates with his new lady. Wee, 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 wee. Oh, uh, say word. Spice so, Man's got a lady. Uh, how, how y'all bury that, man? Why, that, uh, uh, actually, the episodes aren't out yet. So. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. All right. All I'm going right, to have so, to catch up with him on that one. Continue. So, uh, he Shout out to Spice's lady. Lady Spice, shout out. He recommended a song and video by Boy Life. The song is called Super Pretty. It's got a, an interesting beat switch in the middle of the track. Slim and I listened to it right before. But yeah, Boy Life, Super Pretty. Check it out. YouTube, wherever you get your music. Pretty dope. Uh, pretty dope uh, mix of genres here, Slim. I don't know. You want to say anything about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, it has like hip-hop and like trap edm like vibes yeah if you're a cross genre kind of fan like the like the mixing and matching check it out uh slim you want to you want to hit him with your recos for the for the week um shit. uh i i just got off my month-long uh weight loss challenge so we went and had a pizza at a new spot in downtown at like a food court of some like corporate building called uh, Danny Boys, uh, pretty it? pretty decent little uh, square pepperoni slice. Um, I went with Creeps who did uh, the challenge with me, and this cheating bastard fucking fasted the past two days, 
to, to try to lose extra weight. Uh, but we ended up tying. Uh, we both lost uh, 13 pounds. Damn, that's wild. Right? Damn, you guys tied. Dude, was anyone ready for the tie? Uh, yeah, we actually texted each other because he and I were really the only ones, like, still taking it seriously Damn. Uh, out of the whole group. Uh, and he, he, he asked about it. And I was like, bro, if, if football can Wait, have 13, ties. 13, 13, 13 pounds in, a, in what was it, a month or less? Yeah, a month. That's a lot. That is yeah. a lot. That's like that's like some like you could fucking sell a program lose lose thirteen slims thir, slims thirteen program of not drinking beer at every North End game and getting better. It's just being miserable and grumpy. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so besides uh, the besides the pizza, what else did you have to break your your fast? Uh, and then for dinner, I had a Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. As he planned to, as he yeah. planned to. Um, but yeah, I, but Creeps and was, I got sad because we realized that, like, the way we've been eating the past month, like, we can't even finish two slices of pizza anymore. <laughs> we, like, your ordered. stomach shrank. Oh, man, it was so sad. We just looked at each other, and all, he was like, he was like, I thought this was going to make me happier than it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so sad, bro. Oh, you can feel man. it. You can feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we're still persevering at the big pieces of shit. I had my chicken sandwich, and he's at the Dodgers game eating hot dogs and nacho fries and all this. Hey, what's the score? Uh, I, mean, I think it's 5-1. Dodgers are playing live right now, and the... we're recording this on Tuesday, October 12th the fourth game of the series with the Giants. Um, that's dope, man. Well, try, shout out, try that pizza plot spot, Danny boys. Um, and I don't know. Also hit slim up. If you want to know about how strategies for how to lose 13 pounds in a month. Facts. Oatmeal for breakfast, skip lunch, early dinner salad with either chicken breast or salmon. And, and it's like a miserable, like, you know, like 1500, like twelve to fifteen hundred calories a day, and then you do throw some exercise in there, and you get even more annoyed and pissed off about life. And one month later, here you are. Damn, I mean that's almost a half a pound a day that you lost. That's kind of wild. Yeah, but when you uh, start with the, uh, start with the bigger canvas, it's easier to uh, shrink it down. You know what I mean? Well, I'm still I'm still giving you props. Shout out to Creeps as well. Wally, do you got any recommend recommendations for the for the listeners tonight? Uh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Here's my recommendation for you good people of Los Angeles. Are you going to talk about the Knicks? No. See? Uh, you thought I was. <laughs> you said it in a you voice. You thought I using, was. You used this very New York voice. And you'll understand why in a minute. All right. The Lakers are either going to be a resounding success or an unmitigated disaster. But let's assume that the season goes towards some version of the former. Right? So things are going well close to top in the West for that reality to come to fruition. This is not, it's not even a recommendation. I mean, 
he's a gem and y'all are lucky to have him. So you should value the time from right now. But when I tell you that Carmelo Anthony, old man Melo. Here we go. Oh my God. I, you see my shirt right now? Like I didn't I didn't plan to do this. That's not why I'm wearing this, but like we put this man on shirts. Like, and he plays defense now. Willing passer. <laughs> Still with the shot. Look, y'all got a lot of old heads on the Lakers. I'm just saying that like Melo finally getting to play with Braun might show out. And if he does, it's going to go a long way toward y'all having a good season. And, you know, Kyrie or no Kyrie, the Nets are scary. And I can't have Brooklyn out here winning championships. So I hope that the Lakers season goes really, really well. And I'm just saying that if it does, Melo's going to be a big part of that. So shout out three times on the forehead to seven God. I don't even know what, no- what number is he wearing in L.A. Do you know? Is it seven? I hope he's wearing seven. I have no idea. But yes, Laker gang. Laker gang, y'all. I'm, I mean, you know, Nick Nick's tape till I die, but definitely in the West, I'm running with the Lakers just because, you know, I'm I'm, th- I'm throwing my hat in with them to stop the Nets. Otherwise, it's just gonna be rough shot. I, uh, yeah, I can't have that. Enemies. I mean, of if Memphis. you're gonna be a Knicks fan, you might as well be a Clippers fan if you want a West Coast team. It's like kind of same, same, but different. Stop it! <laughs> Wait, but isn't the, the Nets? It, the Nets are the Clippers, and you that's know what I was it. Gonna say, that's if, what I was gonna if, say. If, the the, literally, if, if the Clippers got KD, Kyrie, and Durant, no, that's that's when they were. In New would still care about the Lakers more. Is that a fact? This is true. This is true. That it's the same thing. Look, bro. Here's the thing. Even with them in Brooklyn, like no one cares. Like no one cares. Like, they, their fans don't even care. Like, they don't, like, they didn't win the championship because KD's foot was on the line. Like, if, if they were on the Knicks and they did that, cats would have been walking around Midtown with their heads down through Christmas. Like, in Brooklyn? Oh, the Nets lost. You guys want to go to Williamsburg? Like, they're, like, they're like the Man City? Oh, wow. Yeah, you know what? I ain't going front. Like, Manchester, I mean, it's split it's okay. because Manchester be United hasn't United. had a lot of hasn't had a lot United. of success in comparison to City. Newcastle United's coming to just devour all of our... Oh, my gosh. Shows. That is so scary what Newcastle it is going to turn into. It is. They're going to be... They're, they're rich. They're I, feel like be... Everyone's, I think everyone's going to double up on that Super League idea because Newcastle wasn't a part of it. And they're like, uh, it's just Super League again? Because we're and what's funny is that, on. like, Everybody can like they can like call the Avengers and everyone can be like, oh, yeah, I was part of the turnaround. Like this is a one time opportunity to take a team that's been absolutely nothing and make it great and get paid amazing to do it. Get that oil money. kings (laughs) From a king. The bane of football. Oil money. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. (laughs) It's lovely. All right. I'm I'm a hit I'm a hit y'all with the recommendations. These are some of my softest recommendations to date. So brace yourself. Uh, first off, if you're a grocery buying individual and you still go to the grocery store even after the pandemic when you started ordering all your groceries, 
Well, boy, do I got a treat for you because there's a new grocery delivery service called Zero Grocery. It sounds like they're sponsoring the pod, but Zero is fucking fire. Yeah, Straight it up. It's a little it's a little bougie. It's a little bougie. It's not as expensive as Whole Foods. It's pricier than some of the other spots, but the food is fucking phenomenal. Like really good. And the best part is they don't use plastic in their packaging. They send you shit in glass and you send it back to them. Uh, we've been buying it here. Everybody in the house is now on it. Uh, the, the quality of the ingredients are way better. Um, everything about it's delicious and you're creating way less trash and waste. And it just feels good to like use less single use plastics and fucking crowd in our oceans and getting in our fishes and shit. So zero grocery, check that shit out. I think they're doing like an LA promotion right now. You can get all kinds of stuff on there for, for cheap. If you're the grocery delivering type and then you don't got to wait in those silly ass lines recommendation two uh bad bad not good came out with a new jazz album if you if you like bad bad not good and they're in their shit they've done a lot of hip-hop covers and things like that if you are on the hip-hop side of things and wanted to start getting into jazz check out bad bad not good but their last song on the new album i got put on today and i've been put onto one of one of my favorite artists in a while uh harpist brandy younger from New York, she played on Donda. She played on, but way back in com, com, some early Common albums, all of Moses Sumney's stuff. If you hear harp on any like modern day uh, musician, you might on a, on an instrumental, it'll probably end up being Brandy Younger doing it. She came out with her debut album called Somewhere Different. It is phenomenal. If you're a fan of like harp at all, like Alice Coltrane, and uh, you just want to hear hear instrumental music improvised inf- improvisational music with a harp some jazz shit with the harp check it out somewhere different brandy younger that's my reco and that's that's all i got boys all right, love guys. it this has been another episode of the cfc pod thanks for joining us bye bye fcfc 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 FSA, FSA, FCFC, FSA, 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 FSA